Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Classes in session. Find Try This from the Washington Post wherever you listen. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. This is Raquel Willis from Queer Chronicles. Right now, there are close to 500 anti-LGBTQ plus bills in state legislatures across the country. Lambda Legal is leading the charge against these hateful bills that target mostly trans and non-binary people. You can fight discrimination and help write the next chapter of Lambda Legal history. To learn more about their open cases and to donate, visit lambdalegal.org. That's lambdalegal.org. um podcast starts now hello everyone and hi and hi how's everyone doing are you guys doing good little ones hi little babies hi little babies welcome to the world welcome to the world i know it seems scary right now i'm sure you're all feeling confused but we're here for you and we're we're gonna teach you how everything works you have nothing to be scared of luckily you are all um breastfeeding sam and i are breastfeeding all our listeners as we speak mm-hmm. on our numerous nipples all across our bodies all across our bodies and we are here to nurture you mm-hmm. because what this world needs is more love oh my god that's so true and if if if, if just one person out there can be turned from hate to love i'll have done my job that's the only conversion therapy i care about <laughs> is turning people from hate to love you know, it's interesting. People think they are hate, but actually they're, they're love. Well, they just people, have to convert. They just need to convert. And if you are hate, just know that I love you and not for what you are, but for what you could be converted to be, which is love. That's right. And I, you know, you have to hate the sin, not the sinner. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the only thing I hate is in fact, the concept of hate. <laughs> And people say, you know, it's not a binary. You can't be either hate or love. It's like, yes, it is. 
Yeah, and, it's absolutely a binary. And shut up. And stop telling me how to love. Yeah, like I am love. So you so you can't like I know better than you. You are hate. Yeah, you are hate. If you okay, this goes out to anyone who's ever critiqued me. Yeah. You are hate. That is classic hate behavior. Classic hate behavior <laughs> is critiquing Sam. <laughs> You are hate. And, and meanwhile, I am love and I see you hating on me. And I say, I, I don't love that, but I love you. Exactly. You know, it's interesting. A lot of our listeners are hate, but they are the, but they are, but they are the, the kind of hate where you're like, where you can see the love inside. Mm -hmm. There's just so much, um, you know, from From an early age, yeah. you know, as as um, as Americans, I think we're told we're taught to hate. I think well, it's you know, confusing. It's sort of like, what's your favorite color? It's also like, well, what colors do you hate? Right. You know what I mean? And and this is like we're stopping that today. That's right. And the thing I think about American rhetoric in general, <laughs> it's like it is people who so clearly have hate in their heart yelling at you to love. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I actually do know what you mean. It's like, it's like, you know, you're being told like, you have to love or else I'll kill you. That's, and that's not a message of love, actually. It's actually not. It's confusing. <laughs> this is about hypocrisy in politics. <laughs> I mean, this podcast essentially is about hypocrisy in politics. Something people don't point out enough is literally sometimes politicians can be hypocritical. And that's kind of why we started this podcast to shine a light on such hypocrisies. Well, we were kind of like scrolling through our feeds and, and reading newspapers and magazines and newsletters, whether print or digital. Um, and we said all of them on politics, global finance, et cetera. And we said, why is no one here? Why are none of these opinion columnists pointing out hypocrisy? Yeah, It seemed like a real hole in the market. We saw a hole in the market. And even more than like wanting to, you know, correct these hypocrisies, we wanted to cash in. Well, of course. <laughs> and so we saw the hole in the market. And we said, well, I bet we could profit off of pointing out the hypocrisies in the government. And of course, I mean, listen, here's the thing. Like at some point you run out of hypocrisies to point out. So then, I mean, I'm sorry to say, but like you have to then fund new hypocrisies so that you can then call them out because our business isn't calling out hypocrisy. So it is in our best interest, for instance, to have a politician that claims they are for the people getting money from big pharma. So then here we are two years later, literally consulting on these deals between big pharma and progressive politicians so that we can then call out the hypocrisy on our hypocrisy podcast. Yeah, I don't know if you guys have ever seen the movie Nightcrawler with Jake Gyllenhaal, but essentially that's what we're up to. Well, that's kind of, we were kind of like, we like that movie, but it wasn't, but it was kind of straight. So we were like, what if it was that, but it was two gay guys? I want to talk about the movie Nightcrawler now. Yeah, it's really good. Here's what I will say about it. I think it's a great movie. Never seen it. I don't need to what? see it. I love the premise. <laughs> the premise is working for me. And yeah. that's all that matters. Wait, okay. I heard that premise and I said, this is genius. <laughs> it's and this is a great movie. I'm trying to think if there are other movies like that where you're like, truly, I get it. And I'm so in support of it, but I will never watch it. It's like, I don't need to see it. It doesn't speak to me, but yeah. it's like, yeah, this is a great premise. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I kind of feel okay, that way I about like, The Godfather. This is so, I kind of feel this way about <laughs> Drive My Car. <laughs> Like, yes, I will see it eventually, but I'm kind of like, well, I support it. Yeah, 
yeah, I, I think it's cool what you guys are up to. It's <laughs> <Yeah>. not <laughs> like, I don't need to be the, like consuming everything that everyone's making. I, I can also just give a thumbs up. Yeah. Yeah. I'll donate. I'll donate. Send me the link. Yeah. I will literally donate. Maybe, that being said, yeah. I, yeah. But okay. That being said, you should watch Nightcrawler. It's really good. Okay. And you should probably watch drive my car. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I mean, I should probably watch it too, but it's yeah. so, actually no, we so should, hard to watch movies. What's It's difficult because I had this sense of urgency about Drive My Car because I was like, I have to watch it while everyone is still in this mood so that I can, you know, because it gives me motivation to go watch what would otherwise be like kind of a daunting, you know, it's like a three hour movie. I've heard it's pretty slow moving. I know I will like it at the end, but it takes a lot to commit to that. And now that the buzz is over, now that the Oscars are over, now that it has done well without my help, <laughs> it's difficult to now be like, okay, well, I guess I'll Google drive my car show times. <laughs> well, this, this, that is a really good point. And that's the, like the power that TV shows have over movies Yeah, is that they actually don't go away in the same way. Like when a movie is popular for like three weeks, you can just like, if you miss it in those three weeks, you're never hearing about it again. Wait, I disagree because to me, that's Yellow Jackets. Yellow Jackets happened. I didn't watch it and I'm never going to watch it. No, no, no. But you're wrong because Yellow Jackets is going to come back for season two. And, and then I'll be like, you know what? Again. I should you're right. You're right. And then you're going to be like, okay, now I really have to watch it. Like if they made Drive My Car 2 next year. They should. And, and, <laughs> even more car. Yeah. Um, drive back my car. <laughs> and the, but then everyone was talking about it again you would be like okay well now i'm really gonna watch drive my car one and two yeah. and i'll even watch the featurette that takes place between one and two drive my car 1.5 yeah it's like the euphoria standalone episodes it's written by the car <laughs> well you won me over in terms of your theory about television <laughs> I'm glad. I mean, it, it's unfair. I actually do wish there was a way to like make, give, bring up societal pressure for movies like a year later. Well, it's just like, I think what we've, what we are really missing is basically the culture of like classic cable movies. Like the Shawshank Redemption, the reason it's so in the ether is just because growing up, it was always on TV or like, what's another, you know, a, a lot of like, a lot of just like classic, like political thrillers or just like kind of mainstream PG-13 dramas. Like they were just always there. And now it's like, well, if you missed it on HBO Max, it's going to get buried. Yeah. I mean, Joe Dirt is a cinema classic because it was on Comedy Central 24 hours a day for 10 years straight. Yeah, that's <laughs> I was going to say that. <laughs> is Joe Dirt David Spade? Yeah. And his search for his family. Yeah, I, that, that would have I mean, been, essentially, I at its core, Joe Dirt is about family. Well, as is Nightcrawler, chosen family. as is as is drive my car, as is drive Cars my car. Can be family too. Cars can be family. The <laughs> three. <laughs> well, actually, that's what Titan is about. <laughs> God, uh, I love cinema. No, I Me do. Think it's, I think it's it is interesting what pushes it over the edge. Cause sometimes I really do feel pressure to see a movie like ASAP. Like I felt that way with reason, everything everywhere all at once. I was like, and yeah. I did. And I am, and I'm glad I did, but I was like, there's no way I won't. If I don't watch this now, like I might as well kill myself. Yeah. I might as well stop. I might as well move to a farm, yeah, throw yeah. my phone into a sewer and just start a new life. 
but I did see it so I can remain living in yeah. NY. Do you feel living. here's a, here's actually like a really important question. Do you feel okay. that way about the Northmen? I felt, I, I mean, I saw it like opening night. I oh, felt like did. I needed to see it. Okay. And the, honestly, the, if I had waited till a week later, I would yeah. not have felt the need to see it in such a driving way. That is where I am now. Mm. I didn't see so it fun, when though. it came out, like the week that I really was like, maybe tomorrow, maybe tomorrow. And now it's a week later. And I'm like, did I dream it? Does, is it even out? <laughs> yeah, it kind of came in. It just like happened. It was like yeah. the trailer was so, was a conversation. It was an event. It was an event. And then it was like, okay, now it's out. And are people talking about it? Only sort of. It was one of those movies, you know, when something gets too much press and then you're like, well, at this point I've read more about, like I've, I've actually learned more about it than I would if I were to just watch the film. Yeah. Like I, I shouldn't have to know every, all the research they all did and, and like a literally like an in-depth New York times feature about shooting one scene and like Nicole Kidman, like talking about how it, what an honor it was to like work with Alexander Starsgard again. And ha ha ha. The first time they were husband and wife and this time they're mother and child, like, LOL, I guess, you know, uh, have you seen the GQ Condé Nast video where they each do the autocomplete and see what the people are Googling? <laughs> no. No. Okay. So yes, yeah, so you're feeling a little overexposed. Yeah. When were they husband and wife? Big little eyes. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> I, the way you said that, it made it sound like it was something that happened like 10 years ago. No, no. It was the iconic television series, Big Little Eyes. Yeah. Which I felt urgency to watch. And, and, and rightly so. <laughs> <laughs> Should we bring in our guest? I think that would be for the best. Um, it was just announced he's going to be in Drive My Car too. <laughs> Yeah, he's voicing the car. <laughs> Peter, um, please uh, give a hootie who for Matt Whitaker. Um, hootie who? <laughs> uh, Matt, do you have any favorite movies that you've never seen? Um, the Northman. Yeah. <laughs> Did you know it's the story of Hamlet? No, it is? Yeah, one of the okay. many things I learned Which, in like six different articles. <laughs> also, what isn't the story of Hamlet? If I can be so bold. They were not getting into that on Presto. <laughs> I'm sorry, but like every time someone in a movie has parents, it's like you're, it, this is Hamlet. I'm literally every time, every time anyone dies, I'm like, this is Hamlet. Yeah, every and time like, anyone has parents, dies, or makes a decision. And honestly, anytime anyone's in a castle, that's Hamlet. A hundred percent. Or... If they're even poor, <laughs> as long Anytime as they're class, poor, it's in the past. If, if there is a class dynamic of any kind, that's Hamlet. <laughs> My issue with the Northmen, I just want an epic movie that is room temperature. I don't want it to be freezing there. I don't oh. want it to be on fire. Yeah. Just like room temperature epic. Huh? What? Nice. What makes you uncomfortable about the um, the hot and cold? you know, I just, I just don't want to feel that. Yeah. You're too much sure. of an empath. You like get cold or hot depending on, <laughs> on, on the wardrobe of the people on the screen. I'm a cold blooded <laughs> viewer. What's a good example of a room temperature epic? I'm trying to think of one. Well, I mean, in game of Thrones, for instance, there was really cold, hot, and then just right. <laughs> 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 right well as someone who doesn't and that's where i wanted to live yeah like yeah. as someone who who doesn't watch game of thrones in my mind what immediately comes up is the phrase winter is coming because i would see those ads so in my mind it is a 
it's kind of a winter wonderland. <laughs> yeah, but in but in one of the settings, it was sort of always winter. Yeah, one oh. of the settings, it was always winter. One of the settings, yeah. it was always summer. But the winter um, coming was implying that even in the summer place, it would be cold. Oh, so it's kind of a Goldilocks-inspired story. Mm-hmm. You have yeah, to get to the town that was just right and then have the porridge. It's a story about real estate and finding the right home for you. <laughs> it's all about location, location, location. It's about Zillow. <laughs> yeah, it was sponsored by Zillow. Okay, interesting. Um, I, wow. I, I watched season one mm-hmm. of Game of Thrones, and this was in its in its final season. Um, and I had never seen it, but everyone was talking about it. And in all these meetings, I was going to, everyone was talking about it. So I watched season one and then I watched every previously on game of Thrones from seasons two to six. And it was, it was a wild three hours. That is so funny. That's like when someone told me if I want to catch up on the housewives, I should just watch the reunions. So then I watched like six hours of women yelling at one another on couches (laughs) But it's sort of an example of, you know, is the premise better than watching? Yes, 100%. And I have to say, like, I did at some point watch season one of Game of Thrones. This was in like 2012. I do think I like it better as a concept than as a series. I got, You disagree. I, I mean, I'm sorry to be the most basic fucking bitch on earth, you but it's like a Game good show that right. was just had like a bad last season. And it's like, I get that the fans, the, the culture around Game of Thrones started to become very annoying and very like almost Star Wars-y or something where it's like, get your Game of Thrones like Taco Bell meal and like everyone referencing like winter is coming started to feel so lame and eye rolly, but the show's good. You got to look beyond the, I, know, I mean, it I was know. until season I mean, five when, or whatever. when I, when I discovered it's really just a family soap opera and it's just about three families that hate each other, essentially. It's, yeah, yeah it's it. true. And they each live in different weather. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> and one is, you know, one, one I prefer. Yeah. I, I like did like revisit, all the sex. Yeah. Uh, I like to revisit Sam saying, uh, the Godfather. <laughs> yeah. That got brushed under the rug. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for bringing that back up. So but you, then, but, but, that, but then a moment later you endorsed the concept of movie sequels and <laughs> there's no more famous or respected sequel than the Godfather part two. Yeah. I guess I never thought about it as like a sequel. That. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> like it is, I, I understand, but in my mind, it's not because it doesn't have, or maybe it does. It needs like a tagline, like Godfather two attack of the clones. I, the fact that it's lacking like Godfather two in the multiverse of madness is what makes it right. sort of not feel sequely to me. Godfather two and oops, another daughter's wedding. <laughs> <laughs> See you guys Godfather heads or what? <laughs> <laughs> no one's no one's jumping to the Godfather bait. I don't know how anyone everyone state your We're just letting you we're, we're, right we're giving now. you the silent we're, we're letting you like dig your own hole. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I had I, I had a couple of things I was like, maybe I can respond to this, but I was like, actually it'd be even funny to just not speak. <laughs> Well, um, yeah, I'm never gonna see the Godfather. I mean, I've so never, never seen never. it. You've never seen no, it. No. Well, that's this. Yeah, I put it in the category of like I support this movie. I haven't. Well, you know, it. it just had its 50th anniversary, and actually, I don't think I've seen it since I was like a kid. Maybe I don't even know if I fully understood it. I kind of I've been wanting to really, really sit down and watch it as an adult. I mean, talk about Stradio Lab Movie Club. Whoa. 
That would be a weird one. <laughs> yeah, after our first two classic straight movies being Fight Club and Garden State, it would be very funny to then go to The Godfather. Um, um, should we do our first segment? Oh, wow. Is yeah, that crazy? I mean, I, no, it's not crazy. I think All it's... Right. I think it's normal even. Yeah, it's normal. Matt, are you ready for like the first segment potentially? I am potentially ready. I'm okay, nervous. Matt. The first segment is called Straight Shooters. And in this segment, we gauge your familiarity with and complicity in straight culture by asking a series of rapid fire A or B questions. And the one rule is you can't ask any follow-up questions. And if you do, we will physically hurt you in real <laughs> life. Are you ready? I am ready. Okay. This one was submitted by my lover and domestic partner. Dr. Oz or Frasier's Roz? <laughs> Frasier's Roz. Okay, this one I wish I could blame on someone else. Um, <laughs> fake gamer girls or a second world war? Doesn't really <laughs> work. Doesn't really work. Fake gamer girls or the second world war? Doesn't really work. <laughs> the second world war. Yeah, that was That's a good one. A, a big sequel. Um, okay, Matt. Build a bear or build the wall? <laughs> build a bear. Okay. A blueberry scone or Burberry cologne? Blueberry scone. Suns out, guns out, or tits out for the boys? <laughs> that for the boys um rest in peace or oh my sheesh <laughs> rest in peace okay and this one is another user submitted one from our discord samuel alito or frozen mojito frozen mojito okay actually this one i'm deeply proud of and um i think this could change the conversation globally and locally mr magoo or Miss New Booty? <laughs> Miss New Booty. That's um, yeah, I think you got 900 doves. 900 doves. Ten, tens, tens, what? tens across the board. What else did I have to do? I mean, yeah, I, I, why are you giving him an A- To get those other doves. Oh my God, why are you so obsessed with being perfect? Like... <laughs> Like you need to accept that like there's room to grow. Yeah, always. It's, it's kind of like well, it's it's like it's like I'm not perfect. I never said I was a role model. That's me when I get an A minus. <laughs> Matt, you're like crying and like throwing a fit because you got an A minus. Like zoom out for a second and like see how that is like. This is so like not right. First time a white man has been told no in his life. <laughs> uh, Do you want to like? Talk about you your talk score. <laughs> Is there something, you know, do you want to have office hours really quick? We could go over it. I love just the idea of getting an A minus and, and, and wanting 100 more times. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have a table in bio class. Um, first of all, I'm sorry I called you a white man. <laughs> <laughs> I really that's not actually correct, but really I was more, I was, more, I was like, I was just kind of like painting a picture in terms of a vibe, like, oh, it's a white man being Re really a, a quarter of my ancestors you <laughs> have unsubscribed <laughs> from Stradio Lab. I do like the idea of your mom going to the school and being like, why didn't my son get that last hundred doves? <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys have in your schools like parents who would do that? That was like a thing. That was a 
that was a mainstay of kind of like the more privileged kids in my high school where their parents like would complain when they got bad grades as though it was like bad business. That sounds very New Jersey. I think there were, I think there were some parents like that in my school, but, um, I, I got all the dubs. You got all. So, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. You, you got all good dubs. So your your parents never had to step in. Yeah. How many dubs did you get on your SAT? <laughs> um, did you guys ever go to office hours in college? Okay, that's such a good question. I always said I would, and I really didn't. I, I mean, did. I did a I did a couple of times, but like it it, it it's really something I regret because I'm like that's that's where you would learn things. Except I think anytime I went to office hours, it was, it always felt like a performance and I was mm-hmm. just trying to feel cool, you know, just trying uh, to flirt a little bit intellectually. Yeah. I didn't have, mine were never flirty and fun. I feel like when I went to office hours, it was out of like absolute desperation. Like I signed up for um, Greek art history my first year because I was like, oh, I'm in college. Like I can do anything. It's time to be like an intellectual. Because you knew one day you'd meet George. Yeah, he was trying (laughs) to suck up to me even then. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I just completely, I didn't realize it would just sort of be like, oh, all these vases are almost exactly the same. And you're just sort of like guessing who did what and when. That's so funny to hear that be an experience of office hours. Cause for me, office hours were like when I needed to go, it was when I was taking like STEM classes and it was like, I do not understand like an equation and it's like someone walking you through it, but not being able to tell you the answer because that would be like cheating. And so you have to just like read between the lines and you're like, what does this symbol mean? <laughs> well, I think I would prefer that actually. Mine was just like, please, I made a mistake. Don't bomb me. I don't, I shouldn't have been in this class. <laughs> it's too late to bail. Don't want to be bombed again. <laughs> <laughs> my experience of office hours is also like, I had such a difficult time kind of like with my relationship with space and time in college. Like the idea that I would ever be on time. To, like, it's like, oh, I knew office hours were two to four. And I would remember at four 30 and be like, oh no, miss them again. <laughs> That checks out. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Matt, you're really keeping it sort of tight-lipped about your office hours experience. <laughs> Matt was so good at office hours that he doesn't want to brag. I know. I'm like, damn. I don't think I went to office hours very much. Because again, I was always just nervous about the, <laughs> about, the, about the flirting I wanted to do. <laughs> you were nervous that you'd be too charming and then the TA would drop trow on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and then you wouldn't earn your A. It would be because you seduced your professor. Yeah, I like the idea that your experience of college is just constantly accidentally seducing all your professors and being like, well, I just have to hide. I need to get the A plus on my own merit. <laughs> I wanted to seduce a teacher so bad. Yeah. I, it's like uh, one of my great regrets is that I wasn't able to pull it off. Did you try? No, <laughs> but I just thought it would happen. Like it was like, you know, I think really what it is, is the problem with uh, media representations of college. And I kind of assumed it would be much easier for like a professor to make eyes at me and us go hook up in the bathroom or something. Oh, and it God. turns out in Virginia, there actually weren't that many gay professors. I don't think. Matt, did you ever hook up with a professor? I never did. That's embarrassing. <laughs> George, did you? No, I did not. <laughs> um, you know, it's funny, these stereotypes, like I recently found out this guy, this like very famous writer who also teaches. Malcolm Gladwell. 
<laughs> no, think more prestige. Um, who also teaches out of college. Like I just found out like it's an, op- like, not that this is not that there's any like abuse happening, but it's like an open secret that he sleeps with a lot of his female students. And it's just like, well, he does it constantly, blah, blah. And I'm like, wow, it's crazy to just lean into being a cliche. Like I, that's kind yeah. of something you see in a movie. Yeah. Well, yeah. Straight cliches are, they're a different breed. Well, I feel like so much of um, get, being gay is trying so hard to avoid cliches that you are then paralyzed and end up offering nothing to the world. And then it actually is more liberating to just like not be aware that you are living a cliche. I think there's something about owning as a gay, as a gay man, there's mm-hmm. something powerful about owning the, the fact that you are a cliche. Like to be like, I'm a gay man and I listen to Lady Gaga and like, that's just like, okay, good. Yeah. Okay, fine. Maybe that's true. Right. Well, you know what's, I think actually one of the most difficult aspects of being straight is that you're not allowed to reclaim any of your bad stereotypes. Mm-hmm. If you're in any other community, you can be like, well, I'm reclaiming being like feminine as a man, or I'm reclaiming, you know, uh, let's say like a, 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 an element of my culture that has been called, uh, dumb in the past or whatever. But then if you're a straight person, you have no choice, but either to be ashamed or be oblivious thoughts. I think we nailed it. (laughs) I think, I think we're really heading into today's topic. Okay. Yes. Okay. Someone's leading the discussion. So, so Matt, why don't you introduce what the topic is and also kind of what made you think of it and why you think it's straight? Um, Okay, today's topic is bands. And I've just been thinking that as as soon as I came out, the word the word band just sort of left my vocabulary. <laughs> you know, in, yeah. in in high school as a kid, I was hearing a lot about bands. What was your favorite band? We're going to see this band. My friend is in a band and I'm really not sure that I've heard the word in a decade. <laughs> and so I thought we could investigate why that yeah. is. Sam, and, what, what is your relationship to bands? Well, my relationship is, is complicated. I, yeah. when I first went to New York, I was in a band for like, two years what the fuck <laughs> yeah and we like played I, like bushwick shows and stuff what the hell kind of instrument I, did you play i, I i'm <laughs> not kidding sam i like you a little less no. <laughs> <laughs> um i was the drummer and yeah i honey i love the drums baby uh i don't know how else to answer did you i'm sorry you were a drummer so at what point in your life did you learn to play the drums <laughs> we've been I, literally I learned... co-hosting a podcast together for almost three years <laughs> turns out you're a drumming greek pottery expert what are you talking about <laughs> i learned how to play the drums in college because i lived with a bunch of musicians and they we had like an extra room with all these instruments and when they, we'd like get drunk and like they'd start playing music and i was like okay i need to be able to participate in this yeah i was horrible at guitar and then i like learned the basics one of them like like, taught me some basics of drums and then from then i could sort of rock out and got and then got better over time (laughs) 
Wow. I mean, that's so funny. Have we talked about how I also lived with a band? No. Lived okay. with? Yeah. So <laughs> I, so there, some of my best friends from college are all in this band that kind of changed formations and names and now are actually a very successful band in Los Angeles. They're called Sure Sure. They have like over a million monthly list. They're like actually very big. real. Um, and, and we're still, and we're still friends, but I, my first year out of college, when I lived in San Francisco, I lived in a house with eight people and it was, I think the breakdown was like five of them were in the band and they had like a band practice room. And then the other three, yeah, were not in the band. So it was mostly the non-band people were kind of a marginalized minority in, within the, the society of the house. Um, and the band room I believe was right under my bedroom. So I, the practice would kind of seep into, uh, seep into my, my slumber. Whenever there's a band involved, you're kind of like, like from a movie, like, it's just so funny. I, I mean, I, I guess people, maybe sometimes people, maybe people feel that way about like comedy and we're just used to it. But like the idea of someone being in a band, you're like, no, that's not real. I mean, a band is even more cinematic. I feel than like comedy, like a hundred percent. Most things are, <laughs> well, you have to like, literally like you like roll up with your gear, you know, you have to like set up your gear and then like, you have to like communicate with the other bands on the show and be like, Oh, do you mind if I borrow your blah, blah, blah. Like, Oh, I brought yeah. my kid. If that's, and it's like, everyone's like trying to be really cool at each other. It's the only thing where you like, it is only vibes. Like all you can do is try to be cool. Like everyone's just trying to be cooler than everyone else. It's a, it's an arms race and a toxic one at that. Yeah. When I think about in high school, you know, boys I went to high school with were trying to impress girls, sleep with girls. They would start a band or be in a band and they would never just announce. I am a musician I am going to be a solo artist. I'm going to get up here by myself and perform because what could be more tender and vulnerable than that? Right. So it just feels like band is bands are just these facades yeah. for people to present a vibe. Right. I have a question. It, to yeah. me, it's actually crazy how many bands there are because doesn't it seem so difficult to get like, three, four, five people to all be like coordinated, have similar levels of talent, have a similar vision. It It's actually like miraculous. Also, it's very chosen family <laughs> in a way you wouldn't expect from straight people. Um, I mean, okay. you're right. So, so for the band you lived with, George, yeah. and the band you were in, Sam, we're in a fight about it, um, <laughs> were the members of those bands straight? Yes. Mine hardcore. Everyone was straight. Yeah. Mine, mine currently everyone remaining in the band is a straight man. Um, when I lived with them, the lead singer was a woman and she is queer, but was dating a man at the time. Not that that, not, not that that makes you any less queer. I am just stating facts. (laughs) one of the most queer things you can do. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but currently um, the band is three straight men. So Sam, how did it feel to be a gay member of another otherwise um, toxically heterosexual? Yeah. What is going on there? <laughs> I mean, it, it was like a, 
I wouldn't call it, it wasn't a fully closeted era, but it wasn't a, like out and proud. Wow. Era. Like it was like, like everyone knows that I am gay, but I am not like, that's the pre, that's not me being like, and I love Lady Gaga. That's like, like gay and being like, and I love Neil Young. I'm different. Um, which is, you know, remains true, but, but, <laughs> but I was leaning a little bit harder into that side. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and sometimes I do feel, uh, I don't know if it's being gay or my general sensibilities, but they don't necessarily match sort of, um, indie rock lifestyles of Brooklyn. It, Cause like I would, people would be like, you smile so much. Like I, I like just, I, it's like my resting face was like this sort of smile thing. And it would be like, the songs would be so dramatic. And I would be like, <laughs> giving like the widest smile the whole time right away at home sam is doing like a drumming gesture while kind of blankly smiling so if you can imagine let's say a travis barker type uh <laughs> smiling widely as he plays all the small things i want to I see sam on one of those drum sets that has drums up upward <laughs> real, uh, real real sheila e oh yeah i mean it it is fun like music it's also Okay, it's so much not to make it about music v comedy, but it's hard not to go there. It's so much easier because you don't have to get any reaction when you're playing music. Oh, like, interesting. You, well, I mean, it's easier to perform once you have it ready, but I certainly think it's harder to get to a place <laughs> where you can perform a song. <laughs> I actually no? think it's a hundred times easier. But it's you, so. But maybe I think this is where, where I, I have <laughs> I'm having trouble with this. Is I'm like. Again, I'm just like in awe that five people could ever get together and co-create something. And especially because like not my friends that are in a band, but the average person in a band is not very smart. Wow. Like, how is it happening? <laughs> okay. As if music isn't an art. I mean, it's, that's why it's, that's why it's 20 something. I mean, I guess it's it. like a writer's room. I guess so. I'm like, put it Do in it- terms I understand. It's like big mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm I feel like Big Mouth is Dave Matthews Band. It's like, <laughs> there are so many writers. Yeah, all it's very. It's actually knows Arcade what Fire. Yeah. Big Mouth yeah. is Arcade Fire. I mean, is there like so? That was like 2011 era when I was in a band. 2012, <laughs> 2011, and it was like then I feel like after that it was like okay, now we're going to try to put out to then be a solo drummer. <laughs> It, oh my god that's <laughs> i love the idea of, of you being like when you These came out holding me back i'm gonna be a solo, solo drummer. drummer no it was actually much worse i was like you guys are holding me back i need my nights free to do open mic stand-up comedies <laughs> which is horrific but but then like i do feel like there was a movement to try to be like oh bands in 2010 are all white straight men now indie rock is going to have a full like there's queer indie rock and i actually feel like maybe that's i'm like did that ever happen um no (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean i'm i'm very aware lots of very successful bands with you know queer members but it still feels to me that when you go to a band concert a band concert When I go to a band concert, it feels like a very straight dominated atmosphere. Yeah. And then pretty much any solo act that I see, it feels like the gays are out. 
in their merch. Yeah, Please it's funny how that act. works because on paper you would think a band would be more gay. like just on paper, not knowing any of the cultural context. It's like more collaborative. It's like more you. It can maybe be more theatrical. There are multiple people, and then one per, and then a, a solo artist is very much like okay, we're going to church. Yeah. Why do gay people love solo artists? They're reactionary. <laughs> it's 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 and hero just, worship. Yeah, they're basically seeking. It's like well, they got kicked out of the Catholic Church. Now they're just seeking like some kind of alternative to the Pope, and they're like maybe it's Dua Lipa. <laughs> I do think there is just a cult of personality yeah. that is maybe more interesting to get behind than than a band, which, as yeah. you said, is kind of a vibe as opposed to falling in love with this person's soul. It's also kind of a brand. Like it's like okay, well, if you are a uh, fish fan, that's it's almost like a, a a brand that you are subscribing to. Whereas if you are a a Lady Gaga fan that's like a queen that you're standing. <laughs> also feels a little bit like, so George, I know you are also a tennis fan, mm. but yes. why I like tennis more than team sports. A hundred percent. Because you are just watching an individual like get in there and they're going to, they're going to win or they're going to lose. You're so invested in like this one person's effort. Yeah. Yeah, I'm ultimately, I mean, maybe it is, maybe it is problematic. Maybe I'm seeking the Catholic church, but ultimately I am always going to prefer an individual to a group. Yeah. When gay guys like bands. (laughs) Here we go. (laughs) I'm in the band. (laughs) No, when gay guys like bands, something about it feels performative. (laughs) Like they're like trying to be not like other gay guys. Yeah. And of course we are inadvertently erasing non-straight guy bands like sam you and i are going to see haim in two days but <laughs> wait we're not I am... okay i am also going to see Haim. In two oh. days. <laughs> however yeah haim kind of as close as you can get to just seeing one one female <laughs> solo artist <laughs> Yeah. yeah, like they're all the same family. They yeah. all like are. They're the same. all the same genetic material. Yeah. We're like, and yeah, they all we're... go by the one name that is each of their names. We're trying to ease into the concept of a band by going to a band where it's three of the same person. Yeah. <laughs> and they're all kind of like iconic queens. Yeah, and sure there are there are multitudes to them. Yeah. They're all a little bit of a different flavor, but you know. It's kind of not that different from going to a Maggie Rogers concert. Right. Well, I take offense to that, but yeah. Okay. <laughs> we can get into that. Yeah. Why? I just, you don't stand. I'm sure Maggie Rogers is a nice person, but like I have ears. Like I know that I'm being lied to. <laughs> like, you bitch. Have you seen Maggie Rogers in concert? No. She's, she's a sensational performer. I will say. I also think she's got bops. I think that she's got hits, baby. All right. <laughs> no, I think it's beautiful that you feel free to be a hater. No, um, I don't. Cause I, I genuinely am like, I like her and, and wish her the best, but I, you, sometimes you have to put your foot down. <laughs> well, I think in time, you, maybe you'll forget. I will. Her. I'm, you know what? I think, I do think this is going to be, maybe be like how you, as everyone knows, forgave Heim because at first you were yeah. mad at them when they first came out and then you forgave them. So this is, 
this is my challenge to myself. I'm going to really, really commit to Maggie Rogers's music and I'm going <laughs> to decide whether or not I'm going to forgive her. <laughs> I think that's so nice. I think you can do it. Yeah. Okay. I have actually a really intelligent point to make, okay, which please. is that I think there's actually, okay, get ready. <clears throat> I feel like <laughs> there are solo performances that are queering the concept of a band by having a name that sounds like a band, but they are yes. solo performance. And yes. I'm specifically thinking of Florence and the Machine and Marina and the Diamonds. And I actually think that's like one of the most iconic things you can do is just be like, I'm, j my name is like, my name is literally the Ramones, but I'm one guy. <laughs> I mean, I'll also say Christine and the Queens. Christine and the Queens, of course. Of course and, you can forget. And also Years and Years. Y years and Years. Years and Years began as a band. Okay, that's and what I was like, wait, they I, were a band, right? And But I believe it is now, now it's just Ollie. Just Ollie, but oh, okay. still goes by Years and Years. Even, I, this is obviously a little different, but even Grimes sounds like plural. I was going to say Grimes. <laughs> I was going to say Grimes is bands for gay people. Yeah. Well, <laughs> this is another thing in terms of the evolution of bands. Like, okay, I actually, I, I have a lot uh -oh. to say. It's basically uh -oh. that like at some point electronic devices were introduced into bands. And so now you go see a band and it's just known that one of them is going to be pressing fake buttons. <laughs> and that mm -hmm. kind of changes what the concept of a rock band is. How do we feel about that? <laughs> I guess I'm confused at the end point. So you're saying like now that there are fake buttons to be pressed, like yeah. it's hard to uh, under like take bands as legitimate. It has no, not that. It's just like it has. I do think that makes it less straight, less uh, less the Ramones, less Dave Matthews band. Like if you go see Tame Impala, and basically it's someone pressing beep boop beep boop while someone else kind of plays guitar. Is that closer to Grimes than to the Ramones? <laughs> is Boop um, Boop gay or straight? <laughs> gay. Yeah. Okay, wait. Okay, wait. So I kind of am like, okay, the beep boop, the more beep boop you have, the less straight you are. Mm -hmm. Are they essentially just DJs <laughs> doing a set at the same time? <laughs> well, it's like one member of the band is a DJ. Um Okay, so we know we've established that gay people are obsessed with one person. One that person. gay people need one person to be to to stand to yeah. put their focus on. Is the opposite true where straight people can't get into it if it's one person? They need a band because right. like it's too personal if it's one person or something. Yeah, they're afraid of the intimacy. I think so. There's also I mean, something that's that's just so like masculine about the word band mm -hmm. and i feel like i don't know i can't remember as a kid other children saying you know who, who's who's your favorite singer who's your favorite right. artist i mean there is of course something that's complicating all of this What's and that? that is pop bands it's like girl bands and boy bands right oh well sure and interesting that it's boy band and it's girl group very interesting why is that <laughs> that's 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 something i'd like to investigate yeah, without I, researching I right love, why is that i love that sort of mic it's, drop without <laughs> yeah i mean it's so exclusionary girls can't even be in a band if they're literally in a band <laughs> well it's also like what is a band at this point now i'm like i don't consider a boy band a band they're just called boy bands yeah yeah because you wouldn't i wouldn't call abba a band you know hmm. like like it, 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 <laughs> If it's a group, if it's a group just singing, 
yeah. not playing instruments. So there have to be instruments. I guess so. Yeah, so, I think so. So is it that girl groups should be called bands or that boy bands should not be called bands? I think boy uh, bands should not be called bands. Boy bands should be called boy groups. <laughs> All right. Well, we solved that. So that's, so that's actually a great technicality. So girl groups and boy groups don't count and they're kind of in this liminal space. Yeah. Well, they're, 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 they're kind of halfway between a solo artist and a band. And also interesting that Harry Styles left one direction and now is a solo artist, but his concerts now feel more like a band concert. He's pretending oh, he's a he's band. Pretending. He's pretending. Yeah. He, he didn't understand that boy band was not like real. It was technicality. He's generally he left very and he confused. Was like, I was in a he, band. He's like very confused when every, it's like every day he announces, I'm still confused. And then people are like, slay. <laughs> <laughs> this conversation is kind of insane. I know. I'm I like, feel what like, what point am I trying to make? Like, <laughs> I feel like we're being like, Oh, it's so stupid. I know. We're, Actually, we're like, it's like not we're, making any our, points. Our, it's like I, I feel like I'm attempting to deconstruct something, but then I'm only adding more layers of artifice. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, okay, wait. Um, like, what do I think? <laughs> <laughs> Someone tell me how to feel. Um, okay, wait. Here's my theory. Let's see if this is another not point. Um, okay. In the past, let's say the 70s, let's start there. Bands were necessary because you had to, we didn't have the same technology and to play music, you had to have a band. Okay. Yeah, correct. And so now we're at a point, we're so technologically advanced as a society that bands are optional. You can just like sort of hit a track on a computer and sort of like perform your life away and, and crush and feel real bands are optional. And so yeah. when you choose <laughs> to be a band, you are choosing the aesthetic of authenticity, which is something that straight people crave. Wow. And I feel like gay people don't need it to feel authentic for it to feel real. And so that's why pop girlies can be stupid and we can still be like, no, I love that. I think that's genius. It makes me also think, what do we think about wedding bands? Because to <laughs> me, because to me, it also feels like straight weddings I go to. Like it seems to really love a live band and I actually have not been to many gay weddings, but it, it does feel like my friends would be annoyed at a live band instead of just future nostalgia. Yeah. 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 Well, start to finish. <laughs> I just want to say, first of all, first of all, an incredible yes. And for, for Sam to give a, a, a history of bands and then for your response to be, so what about wedding bands? <laughs> I know, you were literally like, I'm just going to ignore that. <laughs> and then second of all, I do think I like the idea of, um, in the same way that straight people have bands at their weddings, like gay men having like a wedding pop girly, like someone whose job it is to be a pop girly at weddings. Like she's not famous. She's not like, <laughs> she's, she, you know, she's like, she, but she has like a pop girly name and she goes around to weddings doing like bad pop songs. And I mean, I was like, we stand Carla. Yeah, Carla, we stand you. Are you getting Carla for your wedding? <laughs> she's expensive, but she's worth it. She's expensive, but she's worth it. I mean, that actually is what we need. Like, 
we don't need a live band. We need a live pop girly. She would do Dua Lipa. She would do Gaga mm -hmm. and she would sell it and you'd believe yeah. it, but she wouldn't be either. She'd be Carla. Yeah. Here's something I don't appreciate is a band then as a joke doing Britney Spears is toxic. I mean, this is something I've come to like have a really cynical view of this where mm -hmm. I'm like every generation will think this is cool and new for like yeah. five years and then we'll realize it's stupid. It'll go away. And then 10 years later, it'll come back. Yeah. And being like, actually this pop song is really interesting when you play it for real. And it's like, shut up. And it's going to happen for the rest of our lives. Um, so I'm just accepting it. And yeah, ignoring the, band, it. the band Carmen is going to make a comeback. Oh, no, don't utter those words. <laughs> the band. Ugh, ugh. Oh my God. To your point, Sam, are, are we in a phase right now where bands are just less popular and I happen to be gay? <laughs> <laughs> well okay like <laughs> what are the popular bands other than heim <laughs> we no, can't think of insane. any no there well, are plenty no, of i mean I, i'm often looking at a pitchfork list yeah of you know the best albums of the year and i don't know what any of these names are here are to me the two most famous bands tame impala and alt j <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Tame Impala is like gigantic. Alt J is huge. Is Alt J a band? Are they not? I don't know. I've actually never listened to Alt J. Oh, like you'd like, like them? <laughs> they're good. <laughs> yeah, they're they're an English indie rock band formed in 2007 in Leeds. Oh, shout out to Leeds. Shout out to Leeds and all our fans in Leeds. <laughs> but I definitely listened to a lot more bands when I was in high school. Oh yeah. I mean, now I'm like, I do listen to, like, I, I'm like, have I just not realized that I no longer listen to bands? No. Let's see. I'm opening. Okay. Oh, no. We're, we can't <laughs> go through our Spotify. <laughs> no, I'm just looking really quickly. And yeah. honestly, there are no bands. This is kind of crazy. <laughs> well, because even like, there's still indie music. Like, you would be like Mitski, but that's not a band. No, that's just that's, a girl. That's not a band. That's yeah. <laughs> Firmly not a band. <laughs> Firmly not a band. Um. Like all these people, it's like, is snail mail a band or is it just that? No, girl? snail mail. Again, another great example of someone with a band name who is a solo artist. Same with like even Perfume Genius, like could be a band, I, but literally scrolling like my recent downloads, like nothing is a band, not a single band. I do like, for instance, Boy Genius, which is a super band consisting of three solo girls. That's okay. So it's kind of Haim in that way. <laughs> I do. I whenever, genuinely, I genuinely like Tame Impala and have seen them live several times. Yeah. Whenever, whenever, whenever it's, it's, it's three women, it is a Haim. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's not a band. Also, it's a Haim. Yeah. Like first wives club. is just nineties <laughs> divorce. Yeah. Three LW TLC. <laughs> I mean, I, I, we're going to get hate mail for this one. What do you think so? For this, yeah, I, I mean, think, I just want to say, like, I like, I mean, I, I'll, I, I still listen to older, like, I still listen, to, like, Radiohead occasionally, like, I, yeah. I listen to bands I listened to in high school still, but I'm just trying to, like, kind of like in terms of new people, what was the last new, or like, I like Beach House, I like, you know, 
those sure. kinds of that's a band i guess yeah that's no, a band. and i and I, I i celebrate music and i celebrate people celebrating music but i just <laughs> don't think of music through bands anymore. i have a question do you think arcade fire killed bands it was like that's too many people <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Arcade Fire killed bands. I kind of do. I actually like this is my, I stand by this. I think, I think it was like, we flew too close to the sun. There should not have been that many people playing that many <laughs> weird instruments all at once on the Saturday Night Live stage. And then after that, people were like, yeah, we need a break from this for a while. Like, let's, you know, I think Dua Lipa will do for now. I also when you know, it's, um, dark that I can never not think about when I'm like watching Arcade Fire on SNL. I'm like, do you all get paid the same amount? Like <laughs> they don't. Like, just to, like they don't, and that yeah. seems so fucked up. I'm like, <laughs> I, mean, I, I guess, it but it's also like more... when you when Dua Lipa is up there with background singers, they also don't get paid as much as her. Yeah, but they're not saying I'm part of Dua Lipa. They're saying I'm a background singer for Dua Lipa. Like if I you're like. Yeah. I am a member of Arcade Fire. Do you think it on LinkedIn weird. it says works at Dua Lipa on the <laughs> background singers? No, I think it says like works at dancers worldwide. Works at singing. <laughs> Self-employed at singing. Self-employed at singing. <laughs> Is Carla at your wedding? <laughs> um, I'm sorry. I'm going to, I'm literally looking up 2010s bands. Okay. I mean, 2010 was an incredible year for bands. Bands were at the top of no, everyone. No, no. Yeah, but I'm saying 2010s. Like, what are, you know, new bands? Yeah, see, it's like, but these are all... Kings of Leon was huge. Yeah, exactly. It's like, but Bonds. Kings of Leon is classic. Like, well, this is the end of bands. <laughs> well, that Kings of Leon bands. could only come at the end of bands. Same with, like, I'm looking here, like, Mumford and Sons could only come at the end of bands. Oh, that was rough. Yeah. There's like, there's still plenty of bands. They're just smaller. Oh, you like know, here's a band. band here's dead. a band that I would say I got into while they were new is like Alabama Shakes. Yes. Mm. But then it's like, yeah, but that's kind of a solo artist. Right, right. Yeah. And, and yeah, and a queer solo artist. And a queer that solo was, artist. And actually a pop girly. She's Dua Lipa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it quickly went from being I Love Alabama Shakes to, to I Love Brittany Howard. Brittany Howard slayed at the Kennedy Center Honors yes. for Joni Mitchell. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the one band I can think of that made a splash recently was the 1975. So I, I, they're in my head as one, but they're one where I'm like, that's one that gay guys will say they like. And I'm in a way where I'm like, you're self-hating. <laughs> <laughs> also like 100 Gex. I don't know if that counts as a band though. Yeah. I mean, like they are two people. But Maybe. it's 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 too beep boop to be a band. It's too beep boop. Um, I also feel that Coachella has become a gayer event, and also yes. it has become more dominated by solo artists than it totally. Used to. Yeah. Oh wait, I, feel I like have I'm another not one. Seeing as many, you know, big font. Yeah. Bands. The band Turnstile. I actually mm -hmm. got into as a band recently. Does Waxahachie count as a band, or is that just one? Person? I think that's just her. Ugh. I keep it's so hard. Oh no, it band. says band. <gasps> Waxahati is an American indie music project. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. That's saying we're we're a band. I think it's but, just her. But don't lump us in it's just with her. Kings of Leon. God, remember Muna, when Beyonce covered Muna Sex Muna on Fire? That also killed bands. Beyonce um, singing Sex on Fire. Sex on Fire. Have you seen that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Do you remember I think Kings of Leon did kill bands because that was a point where people were like 
I remember like people being like, no, they're like the greatest American rock band or like they're really doing the real music thing. And then you heard it and you were like, this is what you like think is the greatest music on earth. Fair. But, but as a counterpoint, Sex on Fire is a great song. <laughs> yeah. So I, I guess Kings of Leon and Arcade Fire killed bands. I also, I also really hate when the Grammys, uh, say that the best new artist is a band i'm like i don't right it's artist singular yeah (laughs) okay wait i know another band that killed bands what (laughs) imagine dragons uh oh yeah that might be the the biggest one that to me was like oh music is dead like (laughs) (laughs) music is actually dying and dead Uh, bury it i mean it's funny because no one can actually do that for pop divas no no one can be so bad that they kill it. I mean, certainly people have tried, but somehow they are salvaged from the rubble. No one, no pop star will ever have the reputation of Imagine Dragons, right? Maybe Camila Cabello. Imagine, (laughs) Imagine Dragon. (laughs) Yeah. The, The solo breakout. Has this been a fruitful conversation? Matt, what do you think? I mean, it's sort of the way my mind just goes yeah. around. And so it certainly has been a conversation. Yeah, yeah, you can't deny that words were said. Um, thank you for coming to Office Hours, Matt. Yeah. I hope I flirted good. <laughs> yeah, I think you've seduced both of us, and you <laughs> yeah. might find those extra hundred dubs on those your report card when you log into the student portal later tonight. Are you excited for to see Heim? In concert, we're very excited to see Heim. We do yeah. have one issue, which is that we have one more ticket we have to sell to someone for too much money. <laughs> but if anyone wants to sit next to us at Heim, which at this point will have taken two weeks, taken place two weeks before you hear this episode, please. Let us know. <laughs> but yeah, I'm excited to see Heim. I'm excited to tell them that I forgive them, and I think they'll be able to put on a really good show when when they know that the pressure's off. Yeah, and I'm honestly excited to reunite with them. The Last time I saw them was almost a decade ago. It was when they were touring their first album. I've never, I've never seen Heim live. They're great. They're I mean, well, I actually, hope they're still good. I had a hor- the reason I don't like them is because I saw them live and I had a really bad time. Yeah, Sam had a bad time. I had a good time. I really Which hope is- they haven't let the fame get to them. I, f- I, I'm like, I'm happy for them that they are like wearing Balenciaga, but I'm also like, remember your roots. I feel like the fame will never get to Danielle. Is a, Why, a, a Danielle? sense that I get. I don't know. She seems really like hard on herself. And yeah. Just like a very focused worker. She's a very focused worker. She's dating or maybe engaged to one of the producers of their songs. Yeah. Mm. I do wonder what will, what Estee's future looks like. Yeah. She's the, the real wild card. I would. Say. I love her mm-hmm. by the way. And I love that she makes that stupid face when she plays the bass. It's the bass face is great. There's, wow. there was one, um, I think it was like a tiny desk from home. Yes, I know exactly. The pandemic. Yeah. And SD really doesn't do anything. She's, (laughs) it might just have been the one particular song, but Danielle and Alana are really like working double duty. Yeah. Well, it's difficult to do, to play the bass in an acoustic tiny desk performance. I say that knowing not a lot about music, but (laughs) they're doing stripped down versions and it's like, well, yeah, her job is to play the bass. What do you want from her? (laughs) Which Heim girl is each of us? I have been avoiding that question all episode and I'm glad that you finally made us confront it. 
Yeah, no, we need to be bolder and brave. I mean, I hate to say it. I do think not. I actually don't hate to say it. I'm proud to say this out loud. I think Matt is Danielle. Wow. So you're saying I'm hard on myself and dating one of the producers. Yeah. Yeah. And I think (laughs) you're like, you only got this box. You You are hardworking and respectable while remaining cool. Thank you. And I, yeah. What do you think? I might be SD. And I'm Alana. Well, go me. I feel like I, I have I, the most I, promising career of all of you right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I put on, I do podcasting face. I like make too many faces as I'm recording. Well, I do I think thought... you are SD in the sense that of she is certainly the most silly one. Sure. Yeah. Drag me. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm kind of Alana in the sense that like she pretends she is like a cool girl, but it actually, she's the most calculating one of all. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think I do. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting that SD kind of in some ways feels like the youngest one. Alana also feels like the youngest one, <laughs> but I don't know for the, for the oldest sister to be kind of like the ham of, of the group. Yeah, no, you're right. She's the oldest. Well, Danielle has oldest energy. I always thought Danielle was the oldest. No, I think no. Esty's the oldest. Oh, wow. Also, Esty has a degree in ethnomusicology from UCLA. Okay. So next time you're making fun of her for making bass face, remember she's literally an academic. <laughs> okay. She went to her office. <laughs> um, well, I think we did it. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Like to any music fans. <laughs> I know. I like, this is a, this is an episode where like people that like music and bands will be just like, annoyed and by the way we like music we like bands. music and bands on, honestly i would love to know the bands that your listeners like yeah i i, do I should be that, listening to them right i do maintain that like the bands i listen to in high school are actually better than most bands starting out right now but i'm willing to be proven wrong by any huge stands of the 1975 <laughs> <laughs> um Okay, well, I say let's do our final segment. Yeah, I agree. Matt, our final segment is called Shoutouts, and in it, we give a shout-out to anything that we enjoy at all, sort of in the style of TRL, it's 2001, and you're shouting out to your squad back home. I actually think I have one, right. um, sort of about our conversation. I love it. Um, but it has a lot of parts Sounds to good. it. Um <laughs> What's up, everyone around the globe? Yes, you, you, and you, too, too, too. I would like to give a huge shout out to everyone upset. Everyone upset, I say, I'm sorry. I say, I say, you know, of course I know that bands exist and I'm not just going to name random bands. And I know that they have queer members sometimes and that they are multifaceted and beautiful and maybe even better than my favorite band, Charlie XCX. But I know you exist and I see you and I hear you. And sometimes, you know, Lena Dunham meme, my words are from a delusional girl. I don't mean them. Um, 
Uh, and and a double shout out to yeah, I'm fucking lame now. I like Arcade Fire. I listened to the Arcade Fire album while walking through NY City from 8th Ave to 1st Ave. And ooh, the sun was setting. It was a little hazy. And I just got into a damn mood. And I said, this is great. And I'm having fun. Guess what? I'm not bleeding edge anymore. I'm actually normal. And I um, pay taxes now. So if that's not cool and punk rock, then maybe you need to change your standards. And guess what? You'll be me one day. You'll be me one day. You were a, a cool drummer in NY City, Brooklyn, 2012, roughly. And now you pay taxes and listen to the Arcade Fire as you walk from 8th Avenue to 1st Avenue. Uh, death comes for us all. XOXO, Sam. Wow. Death Cab for Cutie comes for us all. Okay. Well, I guess <laughs> I'll go. What's up, my best friends in the world? Giving you a quick hug as I do this shout out. Hi, it's your boy George. <laughs> and I want to give a quick shout out to the expensive ergonomic desk chair that my newfound domestic partner has in our newfound apartment that has opened my eyes to the fact that I have been sitting on an IKEA kitchen chair every day for eight hours for the past two and a half oh, years. No, no, no. Now no. we're talking permanent damage to my neck. We're talking permanent damage to my back. We're talking posture that will never get better. We're talking, I have shaved years off my life just because I was too lazy to order a nice ergonomic desk chair from the internet. And now I find myself in the place where the pressure is too much. Do I really invest in a $2,000 one? Do I spend my entire yearly income on a chair just for the sake of not having back problems? Do I get a mid-priced one knowing that it might be even worse than sitting on an Ikea kitchen chair because it's made in a fake way? Or do I spend another three years paralyzed by indecision until I slowly kind of fold into myself and my bones crack and I perish? Stay tuned. <laughs> Woo! Woo! Okay, Matt, whenever you're ready, I say go the fuck off, bitch. <laughs> okay, what's up, you freaks of the north and geeks to the south? <laughs> I want to give a shout out to my favorite hydrating beverage, and that is lime cucumber Gatorade. <laughs> That's right. Gatorade is vegetables now. <laughs> it sounds nasty. It tastes delicious. If you wanted a Gatorade that tastes mature, this is not really that. It's still mostly <laughs> sugar and some salt, but it is better than red fruit punch nastiness. It is better, I gotta say, than lemon lime. So if you are hungover, if you have COVID-19 and you need some more hydration to get you through, go to the market, get some cucumber lime Gatorade. Woo! Woo! I didn't well, know that existed. I had no idea they put cucumbers in Gatorade now. I used to have it in Los Angeles, mm. but you could not get it in New York. And then I think as of 2022, I'm seeing it in. Oh my God, leave it to Los Angeles to innovate in that way. I, I guess know. it's technically that's green so juice. LA. Yeah, that's literally medicine. <laughs> cucumber, cucumber Gatorade is technically green juice. <laughs> I mean, I, I love it. it. 
No, I, never. I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna I, get I it. Really honestly, recommend it. Honestly, I might get it two days since I am, as we've already mentioned, hungover, and it is in fact 3 p.m. <laughs> I love a lemon lime, so the fact that that's even being elevated is so interesting to me. And it is elevation. To go from lemon lime to cucumber lime is <laughs> yeah. is elevation. To take away well, it's like lemon. yeah, lemon lime. It's like yeah, you're a child. You you right. mommy drives you to school every day. Yes. But cucumber lime is like oh, you're a full adult. Right. Also, can I say something like? not to kind of crack this case wide open, but it's like, why are you pairing lemon with lime? You only need one. Who is, who is making a drink and putting a wedge of lemon and a wedge of lime in it? It's sort of like toxic tradition. Like, yeah, like, like why well, is these, that a flavor? You just do it. And it's like, no, pick one. Let each of them shine on their own. Right. I would love to have lemon Gatorade and I would love to have lime Gatorade. I, I completely agree. <laughs> We're saying wanna... that, that it's a band, it's a citrus band and we want solo artists. Yeah, them. yeah. They're kind of like... I would stand both of them. They're like yeah. Chloe and Hallie, but um, now Hallie has struck out with Cucumber in Disney's Little Mermaid. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, actually, that's my favorite band. Chloe and Hallie is my favorite band. <laughs> that's a good band. That's a really good band, actually. Well, music ads rejoice. Like, What's up, Matt? I feel like you're 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 scared for for this episode. Yeah, you are really. very scared of music heads. They were my community once. I, and I just Listen, know how they're going. I know. I know how they're going to see this. As someone I didn't realize once, also I was coming for your community. Yeah, yeah. Listen, as someone who once drove seven hours and got a speeding ticket to go to a music festival in Washington State, I'm part of that community. <laughs> And yeah, I saw DeAntward there. Any questions? Oh, wow. Classic. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess this is our episode. Yeah, Matt. Thank you for this coming on. And honestly, thank, thank you, for you for actually me. changing. Like, it has made me rethink bands. I mean, I do think this, like, we joked about it, but I do think we changed the global conversation. Yeah. So if you want to bring bands back, like, start locally. Yeah, this isn't something that's going to happen in the presidential election. Well, see you at home. Well, see you at home. Okay, bye. Bye. Bye.